So I feel almost legally obligated to tell you every time this happens, but this is going to be a standing desk episode. Ah. So I don't know what that does. I don't know if that makes me a little more feisty, if it makes me more tired. I don't actually know, but I recorded Oh Heck this morning, and that was, you know, as always, a long endeavor sitting at my desk, so I just felt like I'd spice things up and go standing this time. Mm-hmm. That being said, I did go disc golfing this afternoon, so I do reserve the right to sit down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe by the time we're at your comic, I'll sit down. That works. I do. You do you, bro. I'm not here to police your life. I'm glad to hear it. So, how are you? What have you been up to? You know, just living life. I doing some woodworking today, and I'm like, oh, I'm getting so close to finishing my coffee table that I've been working on for six months. And like the one that you broke, the really like self-destructive part of me. What the one that I broke? Oh yes, yes. Oh gosh, I'd put that out of my head until you just mentioned it. Uh, yeah. So I'm like, I'm I'm so close, and the like, the slightly self-destructive part of me is really just like the devil on my shoulder of, oh come on, after you finish recording, like you can stay up Push for two through. hours and finish it. Yeah. You can stay up for two hours and finish it. You, you, it'll be okay. It'll be, it'll feel so gratifying. But then, like, the other shoulder's like, uh, yeah, that's probably not a good idea. Like, you'll have mm-hmm. two hours tomorrow night. True. <laughs> and so, I was going to say the third, like, the second devil on your shoulder, or maybe the second angel, is, is trying to remind you that you may think it'll only take two hours tonight, but then something will happen and you're going to be up till 2 a.m. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, two hours means four hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly but like it would just be so nice to be done yeah that's um, fair but i'm i'm gonna try not to do it i might i might work on it for like another 30 minutes or something to get one more task done hmm. but and then i i but that's stop it. myself <laughs> i can't let it happen i can't let it keep going yeah woodworking can't become your sour patch kids yeah <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of finishing things I am happy to report that as of a week ago or so, a bank no longer owns my car. Hey! So, that feels good. boy. Thanks. Still felt good. I was, you know, paid it off ahead of the official repayment period. A mm-hmm. little bit slower than I would have, than I initially thought I would, but that's not a big deal, you know. Mm-hmm. I... I initially you know I, I planned on paying it off faster so that i would have flexibility um but yeah that feels good so now i have to wait for them to send along the title to my parents house because technically it's under both my dad and i and then mm-hmm. when i go back to minnesota at some point we'll have to go to the dmv or wherever you go to get him off the title so mm-hmm. that i am the sole owner sole titler yeah whatever it sole is titleist. Author of the title yes exactly so, yeah, so that feels good. Well, that's freaking thrilling. Yeah, it is. Now the only thing that anyone has on me is the federal government and tens of thousand dollars in student loans. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, that's what you think is the only thing people have on you. Well, I mean, I'm not worried about, like, data, you know, that, that ship has sailed. <laughs> uh-huh. I meant, you know, debts. My Data is not a debt because... 
I give it so I give it in theory knowingly based on the agreements that I agree to in exchange for goods and services. <laughs> based on the agreements that you agree to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Are they agreements if you don't agree to them still? Um, it's an agreement that is not legally binding. <laughs> it's an agreement that lives in a limbo state, you know, a, an in-between state of being an agreement and being a, a sequence of words that one could maybe in the future understand as an agreement. A sequence of words that one could maybe understand as an agreement. Yeah, in the future. Huh, in the future. That sounds like the most lawyery speak BS I've heard coming out of your mouth in a long time, buddy. <laughs> well, I do have to spend a reasonable amount of time every month. I end up reading some sort of legal documents. So yeah, it, sad face. Yeah, it's fine. I I honestly find it really amusing. Like not so amusing that I'd want to go to law school. Like it, it very much makes me feel like there's no way I would ever want to actually do this part. But mm-hmm. it is really amusing reading it for sure, if you have the right frame of mind, which luckily I do. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so, but in other news, um, in spite of whatever assurances I gave last week, <laughs> you know, I, I'm nothing if inconsistent. Uh, I did go shopping for an electric guitar yesterday. No. Uh, I well, I mean, that's not a that's not a bad thing. You know. I, I talked to Erin about it. Erin was on board. Surprisingly so, honestly. I thought she would provide a lot of pushback and she was like when I first told her I maybe I talked about this last week, but when I first told her that I was thinking about getting one, she was like, Oh yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like a fun, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, cool, whatever. I was like, Oh what a responsible communicator so, you are. I do my best. Uh but yeah, so I had been doing like two weeks of online research lots of my free time was spent uh comparing items on guitar center's website seeing what was in stock at local stores so i could go in prepared knowing what i wanted to look at uh, mm-hmm. watching various youtube reviews all this sort of stuff uh i eventually went to a guitar center near oakland yesterday aaron ended up not accompanying accompanying me because she had other things to do but so so i went in there and uh spent about 90 minutes which when i say it when when i say 90 minutes in my mind that sounds like not a lot of time in in theory but also mm-hmm. 90 minutes alone in a store doing nothing but playing guitars is like a really long time <laughs> uh but it was a really interesting process like i had my list and i found all the guitars on my list except for one because uh, it was like kind of a a weirder guitar that is relatively new. I think it was only released in the last six months. And they said that they had one in stock at this place, but they didn't have it out of the showroom, which most of their guitars are. Mm -hmm. And so I asked them if they could go find it because I wanted to check it out. And, and this was after I'd already played pretty much everything that I wanted to play as well as other guitars that just sort of caught my eye. Like I just tried a lot of stuff. And when I was kind of, at the end of my process, I was like, well, I really do want to check out this one because it came in as my theoretical favorite. Uh, but the guy went around into the warehouse and was like, I, I literally have no idea where this guitar is. <laughs> it, it says that we have it. I don't know. We probably do, but I just can't find it. And I was like, honestly, that's fine. You know, and we, and we talked a little bit about the things that I wanted from it. And he kind of pointed me in a few other directions. 
But it was really it was really interesting because you know you can watch all these YouTube videos and that's all fine and good. But there's two things about getting an electric guitar. One, as with any musical instrument or really buying anything, you don't know the things that will actually matter to you until you're like using it. Mm-hmm. You can read a whole bunch of reviews, and the thing about how all these sites work and YouTube reviews is that they're all reviewing on the same characteristics, assuming that those characteristics matter to the same people in the same order of importance, yada, yada, yada. But if, like, for me, if I've never really owned an electric guitar, I can watch a video of someone telling me the things that I, in theory, should care about, and I can still look for those things, well, that doesn't mean they're the things that specifically matter the most to me, right? Because mm-hmm. ultimately what I wanted was I wanted a guitar that would that I loved playing, that, that I enjoyed the feel of, that would encourage me to keep playing because I just really wanted to play it so much. And that mm-hmm. would, you know, last a long time. Like I wanted something good quality. Um, and th- those are my main things. And a lot of YouTube reviews, like they'll talk about this sort of stuff, you know, but for the most part, they're going to be like, yeah, this guitar is like pretty good because most guitars above a certain price range are like pretty good, mm-hmm. you know, and if they come from the factory, not amazing, you can typically typically get them in a service to set up pretty easily or, and there's a lot of stuff you can do on your own as well if you're not too afraid. So mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't worried about that that too much. And so a lot of them talk about the sound, right? Oh, what kind of pickups do these have? What What's the sort of general, what is, what's the feature set of the electronics? All this sort of stuff. And what they don't really mention as much as they should, because I only listened, I only heard one guy actually mention it, kind of as a an inside joke, but like he meant it seriously, is, look, we'll talk about all the sounds, but really it doesn't matter because like the amp is what makes your sounds. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't have a good amp, then your electric guitar isn't going to sound as good as you want it to. That seems logical. And I, yeah, but I probably should have thought about that a little more before I started agonizing over my decision. Like, it took me a long time to get to this point, because, you know, when you're testing out guitars at Guitar Center, they only have, like, $1,000 amps plugged in, you know, that are, like, you know, 500-watt amps, and you're plugging a guitar into this, and that's what you're using to play test it. Yeah. That's a fun experience, but it's not a it's not like a representative of what my experience is going to be because I already knew what amp I was going to buy. I was going to buy a six inch by six inch three watt amp that can run on a nine volt battery <clears throat> because it's a pretty well reviewed speaker or a well reviewed amp. But I'm only going to be playing in my apartment, so the number of times that I'm playing even with the amp on, like so that it's using the amp are pretty minimal. I'll mostly use it plugged in with headphones. So what the actual amp is doing, like it doesn't matter so much. And I, and I know it's not going to be an amazing amp. And so being too caught up with like the specific sound options of my electric guitar, um, doesn't matter. But I spent like the first hour really concerned about that. Uh, (laughs) Cause it's Mm -hmm. fun to think about. I don't know if you know this about electric guitars because I didn't, um, you know, on like a, the guitar that I'm most familiar with is like a traditional Stratocaster kind where it's like a double cutaway kind of thing. Uh-huh. Like, you know what I'm talking about? I think so. Like, it's probably like, I mean, I think most guitar hero guitars are either a Stratocaster looking thing or 
a Les Paul. A Les Paul is like yeah. the rounded, like double O kind of looking thing with a cut with a cutaway. Uh huh. Um, versus a Stratocaster. I don't know. Are you looking this up at all, or should I just send you a picture? I just Google electric guitar, and I, like I think I knew what you meant. Like you're talking about the shape of like the body of the guitar, right? Yes, we're talking about the body. Yes. Okay. Yes. Everything then, else is pretty much the same, right? The headstock can look different, about. but yeah, the body. So, mm-hmm. but if you look at a picture of a Stratocaster. You'll see that there's a handful of dials on the body of the guitar, Mm -hmm. right, that you can twist for, like, volume and tone. But then there's also a switch that you can move. Yep. Right? And what that, like, all that I knew, because I had one of these Stratocasters, a really cheap version from a brand called Squire that makes Fender-type guitars for really, really cheap. Uh, That's what I had in high school. And I knew that moving this switch changed the sound. I had no idea how it did it. And so it was only during my whole research process here that I learned that what it is doing is turning the pickups on and off. Oh. So a standard Stratocaster has three, three pickups. Three rows? One, okay. at, one near the neck, which is, you know, the neck, the, the long part, one in the middle, and then one at the bridge on mm-hmm. the lower part of the body. And so when you move those switches, what you are doing is you're either turning on just the neck pickup, the neck and the middle pickup, just the middle pickup, the middle and the bridge pickup, and just the bridge pickup. Okay. So you can do, you know, basically configurations kind of moving down the line of one pickup or two two adjacent pickups. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how the sounds made are different because the strings are vibrating in a different in a different way depending on where they are along the guitar, and that changes the mm-hmm. sound. And I had no idea that that was the case. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And then there's also different kinds of pickups. So the pickups on a Stratocaster are single coil pickups. There is a single coil of wire that is making this stuff, like picking up the signal from the wires Uh and turning it into a digital sound. Uh, Versus there are humbucker pickups. Because when the original single coil pickups came out, they they tend to produce a lot of feedback if you are around other electronics. Which, you know, mm-hmm. if you're a performing musician playing electric guitars, you're around a lot of electronics. <laughs> and so feedback may not be exactly what you want. And so there's another kind of pickup, this humbucker, that uses two coils of wire that are, you know, put together in such a way that it tends to cancel the electrical interference. Mm-hmm. But it also gives the guitar a different sound. Like a ver- like if, if you play a mm-hmm. Les Paul, which is has typically two of these humbucker kind of pickups... Versus a Strat, which has three of these single coil pickups, they'll sound really different across the different options. And so I was very caught up with that, not realizing that it doesn't matter all that much because I'm going to be playing in such a poor sound environment (laughs) that it doesn't matter at all. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But eventually, I started learning things that mattered to me. Uh, The number one thing was, could I... Did it... This is a dumb thing. You'll laugh at me when I say this. Does holding it, holding the neck in my hand, feel good? That's not dumb. That's not dumb. I <laughs> like the the wording of what you said. Yeah, that's funny, and I really want to laugh at that, but I also don't want to like take the conversation there. <laughs> well, when I say dumb, I mean like it. That's such an obvious thing. What are the two things you're doing with a guitar? You are holding the neck of the guitar, mm-hmm. and you're strumming the strings with your other hand. Like, of course, you should be paying very close attention to, it. does this feel comfortable in my hand? Yeah. But I, did, I didn't I did pay a lot of attention to that right away. 
but I learned like, okay, what are the things that make a neck comfortable or uncomfortable for me? And in particular, can I slide my hand up and down? <laughs> because some guitars have a weird like, like they'll paint the back of the neck and it'll almost give this like a tacky feeling. Oh. And when you like, you know, like if you try and like rub your hands on a glass window and you get that like yep. terrible sound, mm-hmm. those necks feel like that to me. Mm. Like there feels like there's this resistance and it's very uncomfortable. And so I found that if a guitar had no paint or like finish there, it was just like the solid wood that was probably very sanded down. I'm not sure it had some finish to it, but not like a colorful whatever thing. I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't know the term, but ones that looked like they were wood felt better. So I started mm-hmm. paying attention to those guitars. And then eventually when I narrowed it down even more, I started getting very picky about the intonation of the guitar. Like if I moved up a few frets, like into the typical places that I would play a, a chord, does the chord sound good? Cause that matters. If the mm. like tone, like the timbre of the guitar is not the best Whatever, that's fine. It's not a big deal. But if it literally is out of tune, then that's not good. Mm-hmm. And so I started, you know, being very particular on that, like picking very specific frets and just kind of checking, like, they're always going to be a little bit out of tune. Like, that's just the nature of it. And there are things you can do to kind of fix that. But if it was really bad in a few spots, then I was like, yep, you're now dead to me. Um, mm-hmm. So all that to say... I did end up with a guitar. Well, congrats. Thank you. Um, let me send you a picture of the one that I got. Why am I looking up a picture? I literally took a picture of it to send to my mom. Uh, let me send you my picture. <laughs> so, funnily enough, before I did any of my research, and I, but I had thought, I think I want a guitar. Um, a Telecaster has always been the kind that I like the most. Like, I like the look of these guitars the most for whatever reason. Like, I just like the body shape. I think it's fun. Mm -hmm. It's just a little different. But I didn't know, like, if I actually went in to play one of these, would I actually like playing it? Turns out I do. A lot. Mm. So, so that's what I got. Cool beans. Yeah. And so, yes, I, I did... I mean, it's a weekend, so it doesn't really matter. But I was... You know, Aaron was dog sitting last night, and I kind of went with a walk with, with her and the dog at, uh, in the evening, night, whatever. And I got back to the apartment around ten, and I was like, "Oh, let me just kind of noodle around on the guitar for a little bit." And, you know, I found some music and all this sort of stuff, and then, you know, lo and behold, after I've been playing for a while, I'm like, "Oh wait, it's midnight." <laughs> mm. But that's what I was going for. You know, I played for two hours and like just felt great about it. So. Hmm. So yeah, I now own a car and a guitar. Car guitar, cartar, tartar. Did you have tartar? No, no, definitely not tartar. That is something I have no desire to try ever. What is tartar? I don't actually. It's raw steak chopped up very finely. Like it's basically ground beef, but it's like fancy ground beef, typically served with like a sunny side up egg or something like that on top of it, and you eat it with like bread how do you spell it i don't know t-a-r-t-a-r-e maybe i was i was exactly right steak tartare a dish of raw ground beef or horse meat 
usually served with uh, onions, capers, pepper, Worcestershire sauce, and other seasonings, often presented separately to be added to taste, often huh. served with a raw egg yolk on top. I was slightly see, wrong. <laughs> see, I wasn't in it until they said horse meat. <laughs> now I'm there. <laughs> God, horse meat got me riled up. I would try, like, tuna tartare, because that's just, like, sushi, but I would yeah. not try steak tartare. Mm-hmm. I went to a fancy restaurant with Aaron's family once, and that was ordered, and I refused to try it. Oh, like, it was it was available and you refused? Yeah, because it was disgusting looking. Huh. Just the, the entire concept. And this was, I mean, to, for context, at the same fancy dinner, I feel like I've told you about this, we had half a pig head for dinner. You have not told me about this. Okay, we went to a restaurant in Minneapolis a farm-to-table kind of restaurant, and they literally take, like, imagine beheading a pig and then cutting it, like, lengthwise along the head so that okay. its eyes are split. And I was going to ask that. what half it is. And yeah, they cook that and then just put it flat side down in the middle of the table. Like, you can see the nose and where the eye was, like, all of it. Yeah. And then you just go in with a knife and fork and eat it. And, like, I ate that. I had a part of a pig nose, but I would not eat steak tartare. So that's where okay. I'm at. Okay. How do you feel about, like, meat products that are, like, very obviously... Like, like you can still tell, like, the animal that it came from, you know? Just like that example. Or, like, a like a whole roast pig or, like, a whole roast, I don't know, like, goat or something. I eat whole shrimp all the time. Okay. <laughs> I, okay, so one thing I've always wondered about is, like, like, a whole shrimp, though, it doesn't look like a shrimp does anymore. Like, I feel like they're processed enough... Unless you're buying different whole shrimp than I'm thinking of. I'm just, I'm just teasing. You can get shrimp that looks way more like shrimp for sure. But like But it's just like you have to process it. You have to you have to I mean, but you have to like process like anything that I don't know. Like you're not taking like a lamb with a bunch of wool on it and just throwing it over a fire. Like there is some preparation involved. Yeah. I don't know how much to be honest, but there's some. Uh I don't know. I've never been to like an actual whole pig roast lamb roast kind of thing uh but it doesn't for whatever reason that in particular doesn't bother me i have no mm-hmm. idea why uh i feel like maybe it should uh if there it, but i the only animals where it would bother me are the animals that i wouldn't want to eat in the first place because like culturally i wouldn't want to mm-hmm. but i just i just don't have an issue with that in terms of like my stomach right i think I'm not I'm not sure I'd really want to participate in that. It feels kind of weird on just like a a whole event level, but I wouldn't like be grossed out or anything. Like if I were in that position, I would totally just like go eat it and not really worry about it too much. On that note, should we should we move on to Bird and Moon by Rosemary Mosco? Sure. <laughs> Okay, I was wondering if you're going to answer my question because that pause had me thinking Mark was just going to ignore me and I was going to have to go on my own. But we've got a uh, we've got two uh, creatures. <laughs> We're going to go with very vague language. So we've got we've got a ant and some sort of a beetle, um, and they're 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 just chatting with each other a little bit, and and the beetle says, "Hi, I'm a beetle." Is it okay if I clamp onto your waist and ride around on you? What? Why? Says the ant. 
Well, I'd get a free ride plus the food and protection of your ant colony. The ant, looking at the beetle, thinking this over. Hmm, what's in it for me? Um, you look like you have two butts. Gasp! I'm in! Very quickly replies the ant. Suddenly it cuts to the ant with the beetle biting onto its waist, very much looking like it's got two butts, and a number of ants around it exclaiming different things, such as, Wow! Amazing! So many butts! <laughs> I love so it. So many butts. So many butts. <laughs> I thought you would enjoy this one. I'm I'm not going to lie. When I pre-read this so I didn't read it too wrong, I had a hard time not interrupting you to talk about it. Because <laughs> so many butts is such a good line. It is. I'm going to use that in my daily life sometime this week, and it'll be awkward and funny. I will try and hold you accountable to that, because I would like to know about how that happens. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, no, so I wanted to talk with you about Grant. Uh, we can go a different different few places with this if my butts. initial thought doesn't pan out. Is what, like, um, mutualist or symbiotic, Aww. like, setups do you think you either have or would like to have in an ideal world? What, like, butts and toilet paper? Uh, we could go with, like, well... I mean, I wouldn't say that that's either mutualist or symbiotic <laughs> in the sense that it's an inanimate object having poop smeared on it, but... <laughs> <laughs> but sure, like that, Grant. No, what, what are you actually meaning? I Can you I help guide me a little bit? I was just being silly. That's fine. I mean... Like, I, symbiotic relationship, like... I don't know. Like I, I'm willing to go pretty broad. I'm not sure so broad. I mean, I suppose I can go as broad as something with an inanimate object, but I, that feels a little weird to me. But I don't know. Either with, like, like one thing that comes to mind would be, uh, like, in college having a study partner or a homework partner. Mm-hmm. So, like, or, or someone, like, or an accountability partner more generally for anything that you want to do. Okay. Like, that can be something that is very, like, symbiotic, for, like, for, for two people. Mm-hmm. Um, or, like, having a pet, <laughs> you know? Like, that's often something that people mm-hmm. would hope is uh, symbiotic or at least mutualist. Or, like, people who like to bake and people who like to eat baked goods. Yeah. I think that that's a very ideal version of it. I can't say I've been so lucky as to have participated in such a one-sided affair on both sides, but yeah. Yeah, I wish I had, because I, I like to bake sometimes, and I like to eat baked goods, but I wish I didn't like the second part. Well, I'm not sure having a friend to eat them all would necessarily help. No, like I have friends who probably would eat them all, but I'm too much of both parts that I just am um, a glutton and won't share <laughs> Yeah, or even, but even if you would share, like if you made yourself share, then you'd just be resentful that they ate all your stuff that you just made, because that's how I would feel. Maybe I don't know, because like maybe you're maybe you're a slightly better person in that way than I am. I don't know. <laughs> at day four of eating a quarter of a loaf of banana bread a day, like I start to wish someone else like stopped. Okay, that's me. fair. That's fair. I wasn't thinking quite quite that large, but fair enough. 
Because, like, living alone, if you bake something, like, you got to eat it all. And, like, most baked goods don't last that long. <laughs> and, like, you got to eat them at the peak of freshness, you know? So, like, first day, you realistically eat, like, two-thirds, like, er, no, not two-thirds, but, like, half the loaf. Yeah, a good hunk of it. And then the next two days, you're, like, eating, like, a slice or two a day. It's and a then Zeno's the last... paradox of banana bread. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're eating half each successive day. <laughs> Well, no, real. I I disagree with that. I think it's you eat half the first day, and then you're like, "Oh, that was crazy. Let's slow down." And then you oh, eat like, like a slice or series. two the next day, and the next day, and then on day four, you're like, "Well, it's getting old now, so I might as well finish it." Gotcha. <laughs> and then gotcha. you eat like the final third or quarter, whatever's left. And actually, I, I did lie. I am realizing that I that I sort of indirectly did have this relationship in my life for a, a few years. We had someone at work, this guy named James, yep. who happened to really like to bake mm-hmm. and would bake enough like like high-end stuff. Like he would make multiple cakes so that there was enough for everyone in the office. Yep. So I did have that. That was nice. Uh, not mm-hmm. all the time. Like it wasn't crazy or anything. It was maybe once a month, but it was good. It was a good time once a month. Yeah. I, oh... Yeah, it's it's good for me that I don't work with people who bring in a bunch of stuff these days. Because mm-hmm. it would be too, like, so tempting, like, I can't, I can't stop myself. I don't have that oh, type of I self-control anymore. Um, and I mean, the only thing that kept me from going crazy in the office when, like, donuts were brought in or something similar was just peer pressure. <laughs> so that was pretty, not peer pressure, but, you know, like, like... Worried about being a social pariah for eating too much or... <laughs> yeah, you don't eating, want to be the you know. dude who ate a half dozen donuts when a bunch of people didn't get any. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Look, <laughs> luckily, we had, a, we had a certain Midwestern event of, you know, cutting donuts in half and no one wanting to eat the last one. It's the, like, that's the worst thing. I hate that people do that. And, like, I am one of those people. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think it's the worst thing you can do. Like, if you're going to have the donut, eat the, uh, is the D word a word I'm allowed to say? I don't know which D word. <laughs> eat the damn donut. <laughs> you know, like. I, I, it depends. So when there's a good uh, flow and, you know, there's a couple knives out. So people are doing it safely-ish. Uh, and it's like a bunch of glazed donuts. Like I and it's, maybe part of this is influenced by the fact that I live in California, so I give people the benefit of the doubt that they're not trying to necessarily—they're both trying to be polite and healthy, and acknowledging that like, uh, you know, a five-inch wide donut maybe shouldn't be consumed by a single person all at once right now, for fear of you know, like for me, being completely useless the rest of the day because of a sugar crash. Uh, but. When I see, like, a jelly donut cut in half, that's where you lose me. Oh, if you... (laughs) Oh, oh, oh. You work with some psychopaths, buddy. That's... Some people like to see the world burn, you know? Freaking gosh. That's... There's few things in the world worse than that. Like, I get... Okay, like... I will back down a little bit on, like, cutting a, a normal donut in half. Like, mm-hmm. like I think you shouldn't do it. I think it, it's best to be avoided. But or, if or you're cutting least... a 
filled donut in half, you have issues. You let's, let's are at least the agree reason that society is not perfect. Let's at least agree on this. It's okay to cut it anything in half if you have a prescribed donut buddy who will eat the other half on the spot. But if you cut it in half and leave it in the box like some piece of scum, yeah, you don't deserve happiness. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I still, <laughs> with a glazed donut, <laughs> with a thing that is just a ring donut, I pretty much have no issue with cutting it in half. Um, odds are it'll get picked up pretty quickly. No biggie. Cutting into quarters. Now you're now you're starting to make me question you, but I think any donut, if you have some, if you have a, a small crowd around the boxes, and you say, you know, uh, you know, hey bud, like, it, will you eat the other half of this donut if I cut it in half? And they say yes, cool, you're good to go. But you know, you got to put in that work before you earn half a donut. Otherwise, you're getting a whole donut. I'm just imagining a the box other full of like bad thing, Grant. <gasps> I'm gonna cut you off real quick because I just realized this. The other bad thing about being in an office where everyone wants to cut half a donut is that you feel like a real jerk grabbing a whole donut. Yeah. <laughs> and so you have to go grab half a donut, and then five minutes later, go back and grab a, back. another half donut. It's so inefficient, <laughs> and sometimes you end up stealing two halves of the same donut. Yeah, and then you get you know. You get the, well, that's the other thing. So you kind of anticipated uh, two halves of the same donut. Well, that's one whole donut. That's fine. But you get lots of people who want to cut into halves or worse quarters because they don't know what they're about and they can't decide that they want one kind of donut. They're like, oh, would I want to try multiple different kinds of donuts? You're, You're like, an well, adult. Make a freaking decision. <laughs> yeah. Then go to the donut shop tomorrow and go get yourself a different donut or just wait for next month. You know? There should Less there should stuff. be like a test on who deserves to be an adult or not, and like <laughs> it should be based on like both how much of a monster you are cutting donuts up into pieces, and like can you just make a decision? Like you gotta make decisions in your life, and if you can't choose a whole donut to eat, like I I'm afraid for you. Mm-hmm. Like how are you gonna how are you gonna make any decision? We all have to face decision paralysis, but it should not be at the donut box. The donut box is a time to say YOLO and just live with it. Yeah, just grab blindly. You know, either be decisive or grab blindly. Or if you're really just concerned about what the morning's going to hold, if you you know are faced with such a decision, go have the coworker who who works next to you to to grab something. You know, either you get the other half of their donut, you're the prescribed donut buddy. Or maybe you're lucky and they just give you a whole donut of something, you mm-hmm. know. But then you can't complain, right? You just gotta, you just gotta survive whatever they give you. If they give you the coconut cream donut, you gotta eat the coconut cream donut. Yo, you got a good donut, buddy. If they're giving you the coconut cream donut, I only, I don't think I've ever even seen a coconut cream donut. But I don't think that's something I would want. <laughs> that sounds freaking delicious. <laughs> well, okay, I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little bit hungry right now, and so all the options sound freaking delicious. Would it make and you feel better if I, I told drove you by a donut shop this morning? <laughs> And I'm really angry that I didn't stop there because I had this urge of like, no, I'm driving to like go have brunch. Like mm. I shouldn't stop for a donut. And then the little devil on my shoulder that I should have freaking listened to now was mm-hmm. like, oh, but like you haven't had a donut in like in like nine months. Like go for it, dude. Like you can do it. And mm-hmm. I should I should have done it. I should have done it because now I have this like unholy craving, just like <laughs> disgusting craving for donuts. And I'm so tempted to like 
drive to the freaking grocery store and buy like a box of 50 donut holes that they have in the front of the grocery store for $5 every time I go grocery shopping. And I've done so good at resisting them because I know that I'm going to buy a box of them and eat them in one sitting. Uh Uh-huh. And it's not what I'm about these days. So I have to ask, what are your thoughts on donuts? What the F is a donut? You know what a donut is. It's it's the gas station powdered or chocolate dipped yeah. cake donuts that are really small. I don't judge. That are made by Hostess or whoever the heck. But like if you're going to get some trash sugary treat, there's better ones. I'm sorry. Like I... you're getting a donut <laughs> over a cosmic brownie? What where are your priorities in life? Well, part of it uh, speaking as someone who has purchased donuts. It is, for me, solely a road trip purchase. That's key point number one. Don't they normally have fresh donuts? Not at every gas station. If you just stop at some random shell station in the middle of nowhere, you think they have fresh donuts there? No, but they have donuts. Um, so that's point number one. Point number two for the, like, why would I not eat a cosmic brownie? I don't know, because when I've been driving four hours, but it's only 8 a.m., I tend to want donuts more than I want brownies, at least in terms of the crap uh, department, you know. If it were, like, homemade brownies versus donuts, like, I'd I'd smash a homemade brownie at 8 a.m. without thinking about it. But sometimes the donut just is just calling to me. What? I'd smash a pan of homemade brownies at 8 a.m. Oh, yeah. Good. That sounds like a good breakfast to set you up for a day, like half a pan (laughs) of homemade brownies. Do you like nuts and brownies? Because at least then you get a uh-uh. little protein. No. Nope. Oh, okay. I do. I just never get the opportunity to make them like that. <sighs> like, I'll, Maybe that's I'll what I'll do them. for my birthday. Maybe I'll have brownies this year for my birthday. That could be fun. I've been doing so good the past few weeks of not coming to recording <laughs> sessions hungry. And then tonight, part of the delay in us getting recording was me needed, wanting to take a few extra minutes to like eat a snack to like treat myself to help relax. Mm-hmm. Snack was not sufficient. Mm. Snack was not sufficient. Now I really want to like eat like something that's gonna make me regret my decisions. Like I want to eat just like half a stick of butter. I don't know why. Well, you ever get that feeling? <laughs> me personally, no. Aaron, maybe. <laughs> Aaron likes butter. I do not. Anyway, we're gonna move Under on. The bus. To Aaron, how's over it? the. How does it feel to have a a bus tire go over your head as Mark throws you under the bus? Over the Hedge by Michael Fry and T. Lewis, according to the comic itself, or if you believe Go Comics, by T. T. Lewis and Michael Fry. Uh, We begin with several frames in the dark. The first frame is complete blackness. The second frame has one character, uh saying question marks presumably some sort of like question noise like a hmm mm-hmm, kind of thing maybe but it's not really clear more darkness Vern says the first character Vern presumably responds still in the dark hmm and first voice says where'd I go where'd I go and the first one says or the second character Vern says Hammy, and 
in much distress, so much distress that we can see the distressed tears through the darkness flying out of nowhere. The first character is saying, help! And the uh, character Vern sighs. There is a click to which light is now revealed, and we are faced with uh, a, a small sort of forest floor kind of scene. We have a, a big gnarly root going off a tree. There's some grass. Um, there is a turtle or tortoise that looks surprisingly furry for a tortoise, wearing bunny slippers, holding a flashlight, looking ever so grumpy. Uh, there is a jazzed up chipmunk or squirrels looking thing with a lovely red coloring, uh, kind of patting itself, um, standing up above where they were presumably just sleeping uh, with, you know, a blanket unwrapped, a SpongeBob SquarePants pillow propped up against some grass. Uh, and and that little squirrel is saying, oh, here I am. And uh, still kind of asleep up against the tree trunk is a raccoon, which doesn't make sense as they are nocturnal. And they say, now can we put in a nightlight? So the thing I wanted to ask you about that I'll probably segue back to after my joke question is uh, about nightlights and your thoughts on nightlights. But before that, I want to ask, have you ever been so concerned that you've cried bioluminescent tears? Uh, or so I can't, I can't say I have. The closest unnerved. I've come to that is at Eagle Bluff in sixth grade chomping on icebreakers in the dark to see the... Um, <laughs> Whatever that is, phospholuminescence or something? Uh, or tribaluminescence. That's what it is. I was trying to find the correct prefix. <laughs> that That's a bizarre one, too. That's a... Uh, I'm impressed you got there. Uh, so, yeah. But no, I haven't, haven't worried too much about the, okay. the glowing tear issue. Okay. What are your thoughts on night lights? I think night lights are misused in popular culture in my mind Ooh. hit me with I, it like hot take. I, under, hot take. I understand the idea but in my mind the only way i'd ever want to use a nightlight is in a hallway okay like i think like they should be like guiding beacons like the lights on a landing strip uh-huh. at, a, uh, at an airport they should not make my bedroom bright excuse me brighter but this is coming from someone who, starting in high school, always tried to have blackout shades, and for the last year and a half, has been using an eye mask, so that I always am sleeping in complete darkness. Mm-hmm. So, the idea of a nightlight seems very silly to me. And it's also another, like, switch to remember to flip, on or off. So, I don't know. I'm sure they have, like, smart nightlights now that can just turn on and off at the correct time, but... I think they only belong in a hallway because, like, what the heck? Like, there's outlets in your hallway that you do nothing with ever except maybe plug in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. But a bedroom, my outlets are like these are prime real estate. Uh, I don't, I don't have time for your nightlight taking up an entire half of my outlet. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think. Okay, but and also, if you get one, it has to be in a cool shape. Ah. Right, it can't just be a small lamp or something dumb. Like it has to be like 
some cartoon character or like an ice a, cube, a, an ice cube, a geode, uh, something like that. It has to be something fun. Otherwise, yeah, what's a the cool point? shape? Yeah, man. <laughs> like an okay. Illuminati symbol or <laughs> oh. <laughs> so that's what I think. It's got to be a a chalice. Or, or, or Robert Langdon's face. Mm-hmm.